And we are back for another par train. Okay, this is one of your hosts, Evan Singer. Matt and Serm couldn't make it this week. Guys, this is a ride unlike any other, talking about a tradition unlike any other. In case this is one of your first shows, we're the par train. We bridge the gap between golf and life, where the game either acts like a life coach or an asshole. And we use the game as the ultimate connector. Talk to other people who love it as well. This week is a good one, okay? We've got Dottie Pepper from CBS Sports. You guys know her. You guys love her. You're about to love her even more because this is her second time on the show, and this might have been even better than the first. So a couple quick summary items before we jump in um, to give you an idea of what we talk about. So the first thing, this was a fun one. Dottie, uh, we, we put her a bit on the spot asking her, we gave her three options for celebrations that would basically... Um, honor the historic moment if Tiger Woods was to win the Masters. So she has to choose one of those. She talks about the winning formula at the Masters. What does Tiger need to do um, to make it happen? We talk about what would need to happen if 2019 is going to be the greatest Masters ever. We predicted that last year. It was close. Patrick Reed won, so it clearly wasn't. Um, But what needs to happen this year for it to be the best Masters ever? Uh, We put Dottie on the bag. We have her give player advice to three important players. If she was the caddy, we talk about Jordan Spieth. We talk about Rory, Ricky. um, And guys, how likely is it that the past champions are actually going to attend Patrick Reed's Champions Dinner? We ask her that too. And uh, I found her response a little surprising, honestly. So yeah, I mean, we're going to dive in in a second. Before though... I found something that I thought you guys would appreciate. I found five interesting nuggets from a Business Insider article last year about Augusta National. And because it's Masters Week, why not? Number one, okay, the new Pro Shop, you guys know I love learning about that gear and and buying that golf gear. The new Pro Shop is unlike any other in sports, okay? It's the only place to buy Masters gear, and they offer 125 different styles of hats. 125. I'm in. Number two, it's illegal to sell tickets within 2,700 feet of the Augusta National Gates. 24 people got arrested in 2012. Okay, that could have been me. Good thing I didn't know that, um, and I, I squeaked through. Number three, if a player wins more than one Masters, he actually doesn't receive a second green jacket unless his size changes considerably. So Phil probably has another one, but I actually never knew that. I assumed that they got uh, multiple green jackets, and they just basically threw one on whenever they wanted. Uh, number four, there actually is a house located in the middle of the Augusta National parking lot because the owners refused to sell it. The family has reportedly turned down, obviously, millions, but I love this family. If I own that house, forget the money. You keep that house. That is a dream. Bravo to them. And the last one, because of the cell phone rules still at Augusta National, it's one of the only places in the United States where there are long lines for payphones. So there you go. We got Dottie coming up here in a minute. And uh, I just made you guys sound smarter at your master's watch parties this weekend, so uh, this week. So you're welcome. And uh, why don't we just jump right into it? Enjoy the week. Enjoy the tournament. I hope it's the greatest master's ever. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay, and we are back for a special master's edition of the part train. 
We were supposed to have Matt and Stratton for this episode. Stratton's wife had an early meeting come up. He has to take the two little monsters under three years old. He couldn't make it. Matt was with me up until the very moment before we called Dottie, and then technical difficulties and technology imploded. And so, like I told you off air, Dottie, I don't know if they're against talking to you or if they're scared of you or what, but it's just you and I again. We're going to keep it um, very intimate here. Um, But it's almost Masters Week. This is going to come out on Sunday night. So are you excited? I, I am excited, but I'm I'm gonna take um, your two partners and and make this. This is gonna get personal. <laughs> you know, it might be. They, 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 they don't they don't want to talk. I, <laughs> I, I I think it's a, a convenient excuse. And so, is this week more fun for you? Or I know you mentioned some stress. Is it is it pretty stressful on on your end? It's the week you always look forward to. I I think it's probably the most stressful week of the year preparation wise and uh, microscope wise and happy to have it come and happy to get to Charleston on Monday after it's all over and just sort of unplug for three days before Hilton Head. Uh, I think Hilton Head has, has it right as far as the whole atmosphere post masters when everybody's all ramped up for that first major and patrons and, all of the proper language and they managed to kind of unplug that tournament too. And, and that it's in many ways, exactly opposite. So um, I love going to Augusta, but I'm also glad when it's over. I'm <laughs> sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> so what, what makes it more preparation on your end? I mean, obviously it's arguably the biggest event of the year and players yep. play there every year. So I guess there's some more history and, and, player history and stats that you have to look at but from your angle you are doing a similar thing that you do each week what makes it so much more preparation well you you answered a lot of your own question right there because it's there on the same golf course every year people are familiar with it they even non-golfers are familiar with the masters and Augusta national so that's part of the microscope and you need to be right if you're talking about the history of the tournament. Mm. And um, the fact there, are, just as an example, um, there are no former Masters champions. They're always Masters champions. Mm. So it's those little things that amp things up and demand that you really kind of get in the mode. I've been kind of 10 days now um, really in... I wouldn't say cram mode, but everything's just, just sort of clicking in. I've got a, a schedule and I'm, I'm pouring over things further ahead of time than I, than I normally would. And really going back over, um, I've got all of my notes together from even 2013 when I, or 2014 when I first did uh, the ESPN studio shows from Augusta. Mm-hmm. So it's all of that sort of stuff um, is just it's just a little bigger and a little brighter. So that gives you even more respect for Mr. Nance, who is announcing basketball oh. right up to it. Yes. And, and it's also um, sort of like the guy who calls all of the horse races here at Saratoga. Well, he's also down Belmont aqueduct down there and the way they input information and then flush it. 
Mm. And I think that's so key that you don't, um, you don't hang on to it. You just re-import it. And so he will flush basketball Monday night and re-import <laughs> everything that he's known, um, read, written down about being at the Masters for the whole week. And it's a gift. It really is a gift that you work at. Yeah. He works at it better than anybody I know. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm excited. You'll, <laughs> you're you're going to kill it. Don't worry. You, you kill it every time. But <laughs> I will say... No, I, you, no go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I, I think there's always uh, a healthy level of anticipation and anxiousness that's good whether you're calling golf, playing golf, going to work every day, um, just being on your toes so you never take it for granted. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, I was yeah. so excited. I jumped in with serious question where our MO is we like to start off with a non-serious <laughs> question. So I need to get back to the non-serious question. Yeah. So get on with it. It'd be a bit cliche to start with Tiger, but it's a fun one. So we're going to start there. Um, Sure. If Tiger wins the 2019 Masters, it oh will God. truly be arguably the greatest sports moment ever. And so my two co-hosts that are clearly absent, uh, we've joked. <laughs> of In many ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've joked and trying to come up with different scenarios of like, what would we do? Like what, what post master celebration would honor the tiger win is it like a shave your head thing is there's all these different scenarios so i've come up with three type of celebrations that we think could potentially honor the historic moment of tiger winning the masters i'm going to give you the three options you tell me which one encompasses the amount of excitement you think there should be if tiger wins okay okay number one faldo gives jim nance a piggyback ride into butler cabin to start the green jacket ceremony that's one. Okay. Two is the whole crew of CBS does a cannonball into Ray's Creek. Now it's shallow, so be careful. Okay. Three. Well, are, are, but let me let me clarify. Are we doing Ray's Creek? Or are we doing the tributary of Ray's Creek? Oh. Oh, yeah. That's Go a good ahead. question. I'd leave that up to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three. The, tribute, the, the tributaries on 13. Yeah. <laughs> Three is wear a backwards Nike hat, sunglasses, the cutoff shirt, and a red Nike golf shirt on a hanger with you into work on Monday. That's three. So the piggyback ride into Butler Cabin, follow though for Nance, the cannonball, or dress up like Tiger into work. Hands down, number three. I do it. Yeah, I do it. But I don't get to work till Saturday the next week. Well, there you go. Hey, that would still be that would still be worth it. Okay, perfect. Actually, that was you know easy. I, I'm I'm I, I'll 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 throw a little one in there. Uh, I'm hosting a dinner Friday night at Hilton Head for some of our BAs and key um, under the radar people. I'm cooking for them. I will wear it Friday night at Hilton Head, and we will put it on Instagram. How's That's a that? promise. Got it. Done. Okay. Okay. That that right. is worth it. Okay. That's great. Deal. Okay. So another tiger question building off of that last year, um, for our master's episode, we had Brandel on and we talked through, um, you know, last year, I don't know. You tell me, it feels like there was more anticipation 
there's always anticipation for the Masters, but last year was at another level because of Tiger's comeback. I think this year there's just as much, but it, it feels a little bit less because of the anticipation well, for Tiger. Well, it's different because it's not a big question mark. Right, right. There's not as much, um, well, let's see how it goes. I mean, right. There are legitimate expectations, I think, this time around. Yeah, for sure. And so last yeah. year, Brandel said Tiger needs to hit at least nine and a half fairways a day. That half fairway is very important um, to contend at Augusta. I was curious if you could talk about whether it's Tiger swing or a key similar to that of the fairways, whether it's fairways accuracy, whether it's, you know, his pitching around the greens, any key that you think he has to do to contend on Sunday this year? I would, um, I don't agree with Randall very often, but I would agree with him that he definitely needs to drive the ball better. And this year he is, if you look at the tempo of, his golf swing and the way he has that gear down much more than he's acknowledged or shown in, in uh, probably the last, gosh, I, I can take you back to when I was working for NBC, we'd go to the range and notice that there was a different tempo with the range and the golf course. So we're talking the better part of 10 years. Mm. But I think it's, it's important to understand that Augusta has evolved, changed um, from being what was a very strategic angular golf course where you needed to really get it into a portion of a fairway to have a proper angle. Now you're just trying to get it in the fairway period because the trees have gotten so big and so numerous. There have been trees added and also they have continued to grow. So there's, I think where it was really, um, a second shot golf course for so long, it's become a tee shot golf course. It's changed mm. uh, in the last 10, 12 years, I, I believe. Just because of so, the crazy yeah. advantage you get if you're able to cut a corner or be if in the perfect spot? To put the ball in, yes, if you are able to put the ball A in play, B at the proper angle, you are so far ahead of everyone. Mm. Um, and that, that comes to, I, I mean, even getting the ball down the right side at number nine. So it opens up the fall line of the green instead of having to play across the corner of a bunker and which effectively makes the false front even bigger. So it is a, people look at it and they are overwhelmed with the beauty and the people have even, even Jordan Spieth was said to us that the first time he got there, I had to touch the grass to make sure it was real. Uh, I've had just friends go there for the first time and do the same thing. <laughs> but you're overwhelmed by the beauty of the place, the history, the awe, the lore. And then you got to go play and execute. And it's really hard to get the ball into the proper angles now because the trees have um, become such a big part of the golf course. Well, it's interesting you say that because last year, another stat that Brandel dropped was that at that time, five of the last six Masters winners was the number one strokes gained off the tee going into the Masters. Patrick Reed was not, so let's say five of the last seven. Um, right. But that's interesting. This year, Rory's number one in that category. Rahm is number two, and Bubba's number three. Three guys that have, mm -hmm. you know, either looking to have success there or has had a lot of success there. So right. we'll see if that continues. Yeah, and, and I think, too, it, look, at, look at how uh, Reed played last year. 
he came he, he was coming in with three straight top tens including yeah. uh including um being right in, in the hunt and finishing tied second or second um in at Valspar in Tampa mm-hmm. um he finished in the top 13 in driving distance and driving accuracy for the first for that week for the week of the masters that's playing a lot of offense and that's why i say it's become even more so a driver's golf course than a second shot golf course interesting okay um let me ask you this last year we thought Mm. 2018 could be the greatest masters ever with tiger back and all the storylines and if you remember all of the big names were playing they were all peaking at the right time right there was a lot of excitement If 2019 is to be the greatest Masters, something that I want very badly, um, but you know, I'm just going to let go and let it happen. Uh, what needs to happen on Sunday, do you think, for 2019 to be the greatest Masters ever? It could be the final pairing. It could be certain names firing up the leaderboard at, at a certain time. What scenario or scenarios do you think needs to happen for it to be the greatest ever? Well, I, I think we have we have the potential for it to be an old guy's masters. Mm. Um, Think about, which would be really different and very cool. I mean, think about who's, who's played well in the last, in the calendar year. Um, Tiger, Phil, Paul Casey, Hoocher, Holter, Baba. They aren't youngsters. Mm -hmm. Um, We could have a completely different, look than we've had in the in the past. You know, Reed's still pretty young. Jordan Speed. Um Ricky Fowler, hard to believe he's nearly 30, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um it could be it could be an old guy's masters and I think that would be really cool. If Tiger does get in the hunt, it could make Jack's the noise of Jack winning in eighty six come back and maybe even be bigger than that. You'll you'll be wearing a backwards hat and a cutoff shirt. At your barbecue, so Hilton Head, yes, correct. That would be indicative <laughs> of that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that would that would be really cool. If we got the old guys in there, and they were all just beating each other's brains, and that'd be so cool. So let me ask you: we, you talked about the difference of preparation of mm-hmm. the Masters in another tournament. How is your week inside the ropes different at Augusta versus any other tour event? Obviously, the hills. You're not- so your your calves not- are going to be barking but no see here this is the other thing that people don't there are no walking reporters at augusta oh really none i sit in the tower at 13 oh wow so there's no on course there are no on course foot soldiers none wow there's no blimp know that and there's no foot soldiers so you're just chilling on 13 what a place to be i it's i think the best seat there um, but it's also one of the coldest places on the golf course. Oh, wow. <laughs> it sits down real low and you get very little sun. And when it's gone, it is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so you get, you get beat in the face with the early part of the day sun. And then when it, when it goes and you watch the shadows start to creep, they go so fast. <laughs> so is that almost harder? Yeah. Because in, yeah. like when you're following a group, you, you know what they're, they're hitting every time. You, you get a feel for the group. This you're Correct. almost watching every group come through separately. You have to know even more about every group. Does that make it harder? That definitely makes it harder. 
so you're watching every group that comes through. You're also watching the tell you. So you're paying attention to your hole. You're watching every group come through there. And you're also watching telecast for patterns on everybody so that if it does, a pattern does continue by the time they get to your hole, you can have that conversation. It's hmm. a completely different week. Wow. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. So, so Ian Baker Finch sits off, off that um, short right at 17 and Vern's behind, you know, behind the green at 16 and Costas is at 15, Billy McAtee's at 14. Uh, I'm at 13 and Frank Nabilo's at 11 and 12. Wow. You definitely got the best seat in the house. Okay. So let's I, say wouldn't trade it no way <laughs> so let's I, I say the first time first time i walked up there uh, and, and and going back to jones and cliff roberts they want the announcers to go put their greens in the morning so i go out and cut and there's people just arriving patrons with their seats for the whole day and if you make a putt you'll get a clap you go putt in the morning i go putt on 13 in the morning how oh cool my. is that God, okay, that that's in, too much. Yeah, I can't even handle that. By Jones and Clifford Roberts, and it has continued to this day. Oh my God, that is yeah, that's the greatest thing. It's <laughs> the greatest thing I've ever heard. I'm gonna tell people on Saturday. Yeah, you guys don't know, yeah. but Dottie's on mm-hmm. the green right now, putting. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. I get out there. I get out there. Um, I'll do a little bit of. A little sports center this week, um, and then I'll 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 think either before or after it, depending on what time I have to do that. I'll go out and hit the putt. Wow, it's awesome! So okay, <laughs> this is actually a great segue. You're out of the booth, you are mm-hmm. on the course, and let's play Dottie mm-hmm. the caddy for a second. Um, mm. We've got a couple pros, two to three, where let's say you take their bag for the week. Um, you obviously back in your playing days. Um, you were kind of known as, you know, a bulldog and a fighter and a grinder. You could get the most out of your rounds even when you didn't. And I feel like that quality is mm-hmm. a good quality for a good caddy um, to keep their player focused. So first player, what is your thought of the week for Ricky? I, I would, if I'm not hitting it great, if, I, if my player's not hitting it great, I don't get too concerned, uh, but I keep him in the ball game so that his short game, which is phenomenal, has a position to make up for any, any shortcomings. So I just, I just keep him in the game, um, knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect from tee to green, but he's got to rely on where he's so good. Okay. So you don't wig out. And so what about... It, you don't wig out. Yeah. What about Rory? If there's one thing I would love to do is quiet his hand action on on three-quarter wedges. Um, so if that doesn't happen leading in, we're not laying up to that number. <laughs> right. We're just, we're just not, we're going to play around it and, and be okay with it. Okay. And then yeah. my third is probably an unexpected name, but um, he's a par train alum. So we're, oh. we're big fans of Mr. Keith Mitchell. Um, He's been around the winter circle for a while. Finally got there his first time yeah. at Augusta. What do you say to a, a bomber who's also a great putter like him at his first time at Augusta? Just go play to play out how you know how to play. Um, if you want to hit driver, hit driver. I, I think 
you also, um, one of the best things you can do there is to play to your personality and learn from it. Hmm. And I, I would, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. Just go so get it. if yep. something happens and you get kicked out of the booth at 13, that's, I think I just set you up for another job. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I can be the next Fanny Citizen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you, what you said earlier actually made me think. You said it, it's actually turning into more of a tee shot game than a second shot or a course yep. per se. Um, I actually, I had a question where, so people talk about the second shot and precision into mm-hmm. the greens and how you got to miss it in the right spot. Um, but one thing I don't think enough people talk about or appreciate is how the second shot has to be executed. So like, I think a good example is number one, I think you have a hook lie but you have to hit a high cut. Can you shed some light on how you, how you even do that and like the mechanics and the approach to that and maybe how much more appreciation people have to get for the ability to do, like hit a shot that, that's opposite of the slope? Well, A, you practice it. B, it's more of an uphill lie at the first um, that takes a high cut to, to really hold the greens if they're, as firm as they can be. I, I think that the thing to understand is to, to play well there. You have to understand that almost every hole requires you to hit, and certainly on the second nine, requires you to hit a shot one way off the tee and the other way to have the best chance of getting into these little teeny tiny sections of what are really pretty big green. Uh, so if you embrace that, that you're going to have to hit that likely uncomfortable second shot that will leave you with a hook line needing to hit a cut or an uphill line needing to hit something in low, then you, I, I think your, your mindset is way ahead of the game. Mm. So you just, you, you practice those shots. It's, it's exactly what you do in, in practice. So I want to go through that, and in practice rounds, I want to go hit those shots and pay attention to where the wind is blowing because inevitably it's never the same there from the beginning of the week to the end. There's always a front that goes through, so you'll get a couple of days of the wind blowing one way, and before you know it, you've got the totally opposite golf course. And be prepared for that. Hmm. Use your numbers uh, and, and practice the situations. And then I think that's why the preparation around there is so important and why guys more than anywhere else go in and play practice rounds early because there is, it's such, it's gorgeous. And again, you lose your, you lose your whole sense around there because everything's so perfect and the golf course can be very gettable, but it can also be brutal. Mm -hmm. So I've got four lists of two players. Um, It's basically, this guy or this guy who has a better chance to win this year. Okay. Um, so the first one is an obvious one. Tiger or Phil? Tiger. Okay. Rory. And, or... I, and even more so because of him not having to play 36 holes back to back at the match play. Mm. And it gives him, it got him a little fired up to not get it done against uh, Lucas and, and he doesn't have the recovery that he would have had going into the Masters. So I definitely say, say Tiger. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay. See, that's why we got you here, Dottie. You're, you're, you're shedding light <laughs> on things that we don't even think about. Rory or Ricky? Because my brain never stops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. I like Ricky. Wow. Okay. I like Ricky because he's, he's playing his way in. Uh, he has won this year. Obviously, I mean, Rory's won as well. Won on a huge stage. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the glaring light of the career Grand Slam that's now been, will be. Yeah, the inter- How many years he's had that sitting on him? Yeah. Not going to get any easier. No, for sure, especially after winning the players. But the interesting right. thing about Ricky, real quick, is I've noticed that he never really, he'll either... I've seen Ricky win in two ways. Number one, he plays really well Thursday through Saturday, and then he hangs mm-hmm. on. Hangs on. That or yep. he does what he did at um, Tiger's Tournament in the Bahamas or last year at the Masters, where he has mm-hmm. his putter lights on fire and he shoots like a 63 or 64 on Sunday and somehow comes back, back into the yeah, back door. Right. Um, right. But I've, we've never really seen him be there each day. On Sunday, so it'll be interesting to see if his win this year can finally help him mm-hmm. get over that hump. Yeah, I I completely agree. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take take Ricky and oh, and here's another little nugget. Um, only one player has ever won the players and the Masters in the same year. Tiger, you got it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Nice one. We like we like nuggets here on the train. So, uh, DJ or Rose? Based on past form, we got to go with Rose. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I think DJ's probably underperformed at Augusta, and right now with what he's got with that shut and shove move with his putter, I definitely like Justin Rose. Okay. DJ's not stroking it very well right now. Yeah, and DJ's one of those other guys that seems to always be there on Thursday. <laughs> And you mm-hmm. wonder if it can be, well, except for two years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, no, that's a problem. True. Yeah. Okay. Last one. JT or Jordan? JT. So we should uh, just Jordan. assume that the magic with the way Jordan's playing is the magic just going to like snap back for him when he steps on the grounds at Augusta, like it usually does. I think there's a. I think there's a chance. I, I definitely think there's a chance. I was I was impressed the way uh, he he really grounded out at um, at the match play. Mm. Day day one showed me a lot Wednesday when when he grounded out for well what used to be a half now it's a tie. That's another another discussion for another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I man, I think that that tee shot at twelve still comes back to haunt that guy and the the tee shot at 18 last year on sunday when he was making that massive run oh. uh, i i think there's little start, starting to be little bits of of scar tissue that um, need to be addressed quickly and then he'll be all right but I, i'm going i'm going to go with jt I, I i every part of his game fits for around there hmm. it really does have you noticed anything off with Jordan? Like what? What do you think it is? Well, I think he got playing a little too much golf swing. Like he he never, it was never the poster 
closer perfect um, golf swing, but it was his. Mm-hmm. And I think trying to tighten that up or whatever you want to call it, put a lot of pressure on his putting because there wasn't as much time to work on putting if you're working on full swing. And then when your putting goes, because it hasn't been attended to, it puts more stress on the long game, which you're still not 100% with. So it's that vicious circle that drives people to gray early or run to the bar, one or the other. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand uh, that. I've been neglecting the putting wicked, for years. Wicked, wicked, <laughs> wicked circle. Wicked circle. And it doesn't seem like you can ever get off that, that, um, that merry-go-round. And it's just not a very great place to be. I can empathize with that. <laughs> that that, <I> ring, <laughs> that rings true. <laughs> okay. But that's why we love golf, right? We're sick. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. So we are inviting ourselves to a CBS dinner in Augusta. My first question oh, is, are? are there... That's Friday is, night. <laughs> Friday night dinner? Is that the main night? Yeah. It's, it's when uh, we all get together down at the pavilion, down by the river, and folks from the tournament and CBS vendors and people who are in and amongst the CBS family all year long are there. And Uncle Vern hosts. It's awesome. So what should we expect to order? What should I expect? What kind of conversations should we plan to partake in? You know, I just want to be ready. You want to be ready? Um, There's a little of everything. So it's very casual. Okay. Um, I think coat, yeah, coat, no tie. So pretty laid back. Okay. Everybody's really talking about Thursday, Friday. They're still talking basketball. Oh. And food, yeah, the food's still always very good. Um, it's, a, it's like tables with food stations, very, very casual. And people get up, they ask the announcers to get up and speak for five minutes or so and tell stories. Hmm. And um, remember, it was two years ago, I came with my Curtis Cup badge. Because in 1987, I went to my first Masters, 32 years ago. Hmm. And I drove down from Greensville, South Carolina. A um, man who worked for the university had two tickets. I had won the Lady Paladin as a senior the day before. Broke 70 in a college tournament for the first time the day before. And this man, who was a dear friend of the golf program, said, my wife and I aren't going to the Masters tomorrow. Would you like our two tickets? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, wow. this might be the best day of my life. Wow. Marched on down to Augusta with a guy who played on the team at the time. And we got there in time to realize that we didn't know where to park. We didn't have anything. But I had my Curtis Cup pin mm. badge in my pocket. And, you know, we flashed that badge all the way to parking and player parking on what is now the driving range. <laughs> <laughs> and I told that story at, at the dinner two years ago, and the looks were fantastic. <laughs> like that would never happen again. But we went right down Magnolia Lane to <laughs> <and> player parking. <laughs> well... That is the classic lesson of you act like you own the place, you know? We just kept going until somebody stopped us. Yeah, you act like you've been there before. Nobody says anything. Classic example, (laughs) classic lesson. 
Love that. So, yeah. okay. And I, and, I, and I did the same thing, by the way, in 1992 at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Wow, I need this badge. Nobody stopped me. Curtis Tuff <laughs> badge. Who knew? Wow. Okay, yeah. well, speaking of dinners, I feel ready for the CBS one, but um, how likely is it that the past champions actually attend Patrick Reed's champions dinner this year? Oh, they'll go. Absolutely, they'll go. <laughs> Heck yeah. You don't think he's going to get ghosted by anyone? No. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh, man. You know, much, some of the fans want it to happen, but. Too much reverence for the place. No way. Yeah. No. And if you're a competitor, the last thing you want to be doing is answering that question for the rest of the week. Right. Yeah, no, no chance. No chance. So we got a couple more for you. Um, okay. Tell us about Jeff Knox. I think most of the avid fans know who Jeff Knox yes. is. Um, mm-hmm. Let me make sure I don't botch this. Essentially, he's a member at Augusta National, very good player. Um, but he's kind right. of like the, the master or the whisperer at Augusta National. He knows the place so well, especially in the greens, and he's such a good putter that if the groups, if there's any odd numbers in the groups and they need to put someone in there for TV purposes and to just have a player to play with another pro so they don't play alone, Jeff Knox uh, steps in and he plays. And a lot of right. times he might even beat the pro. He's, he knows the place that well. So I would, assume, I would assume that you guys at CBS have in the past picked his brain on things. I don't know if you've ever met him. I was curious if you have the best story or something that the public may not know about him. I got nothing for you. I've not met him. Really? Um, no, I have not. He, um, I've never been in a pre-tournament meeting with him, but I know he's always on call to be that, that uh, the scorer, the player, the mm-hmm. whatever the finishes out that if it's a single on the third or fourth round. So, I'm a I'm a big zero there for you. Wow! I, t- I, I look. I, I gave you the Curtis Cup story. You got to cut me some slack. That's fair. Okay. Well, maybe you know what? This might be the little the little nudge. <laughs> this might be the year. It might yeah. be the year that I give CBS the nudge, and yeah, we finally maybe. get you to to meet Mr. Knox. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll just have to talk next year about it. Okay. Okay, second last question. The Augusta National Women's Am. Um, can you give yeah. our loyal listeners context on anything you know of how this came to be and how important you think it is for the game and women in golf? Well, I think a lot of it was the impact that the Latin America Amateur and the Asia Pacific Amateur have had on the men's amateur game. and the chairman having two girls, two daughters that play and knowing that there was an opportunity to do something very special and they just went out and did it. And I didn't have a clue it was coming. I don't think many people had a clue it was coming. Mm -hmm. I read it. I want to say in a, it was in a press release that morning and was asked on, I believe it was Saturday to stay as because usually I I sit up there for a little while at my power 
uh, after the play has gone through 13 and I'll just watch the show and then sometimes even just walk back to the count, which is wonderful. It's so peaceful and it's so beautiful and all uphill. <laughs> uh, so you get a bit of a workout at the same time mm-hmm. after sitting on your butt all day. Um, and they asked me to stay on and talk about it. And I just thought it was fantastic. And, and I think it's going to, like everything else at the Masters, continue to evolve and continue to just get better. And do I wish it could be all three days at Augusta National? Sure. But I also understand that that doesn't, doesn't really work in, in the lead up to the, the whole tournament itself and, and access for players and members and everything that takes to put a big event on. It's still going on. Um, but I think it's great that everybody's going to get a chance to play there on Friday. There are going to be local caddies that can give these players all this cool history and what they know the golf course does and what, what it can give. And, and I think as much as the Dyna, the A&A, whatever you want to call it now, um, talks about their, their dedication to the amateur game, it's, it's going to pale in comparison to this. I think this is really great. Yeah, I mean, not going to lie, it makes me want to put on a wig, you know, just <laughs> just to get a chance. Yeah. Well, it, wouldn't it make you want to stay and be an amateur for a little bit longer if you had the opportunity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, amateur golf is such a big part of Jones and Roberts, and I think this is this is another just extension of what they thought was so important in the game, and that was amateur golf. There's three girls from Furman that have that have been given invitations to play. I, who would have known? Our little school of 3,200 undergraduate liberal arts would have had three girls. Wow. And Alice Chen. Um, who recently graduated? I, I'm I'm so proud of them, and I get I get chill bumps thinking about what they're going to be going through uh, Wednesday through Saturday this week. It's going to be fantastic. That's awesome. Okay, last question for you. I got to ask you your Drum roll. your pick, your one pick that you think has the best chance to win, and one. then one pick, wow. and then. A you can call it a dark horse, you can call it a sleeper, but basically someone that you wouldn't be surprised is up there on Sunday that most people probably aren't talking about. Wow. I am wow, that those are good questions. I mean, we um, ask really good questions here, you know. You do. <laughs> I am going to pick Francesco Molinari. Wow. Just not much to go wrong with that golf swing. And I think he is, when he gets a sniff of it, he doesn't very often let it go. Wow. Was not expecting I, I like, I like Molinari. Okay. Um, who else do I like? Total dark horse, huh? Yeah. Hmm. I get, and I'm not so sure he's total dark horse, but he doesn't seem to be. I don't hear too many people talking about Fleetwood right now, and I think that guy's got a chance to do something so cool. Mm. You know, it's funny you say Fleetwood. I think uh, he was number four I, I, on strokes gained off the tee. Yeah, I mean, he drives the ball extremely well, likes to move it. He's got an ability to kind of scoot it around both ways. And while he may not make every putt he looks at, 
it's his speed that's so good, and that's what's so important at Augusta. Mm. Uh, so I, so here we go. We're we're going with with the two studs from the from the Ryder Cup. <laughs> You're going with the bromance. I'm going bromance. I'm going bromance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Mollywood. Whatever. The yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's that's yeah, all we okay. had. There you go. Pretty painless, you know. Um, I only came up a big flat once. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. <laughs> so that's a gift. You're welcome. We're we're always learning. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, Dottie. This was great. Um, I wish you nothing but the best fun. next week. And, you know, we'll be looking for you thanks. on 13 um, and thinking about you in the morning to see how many putts that, you're going to make on 13. The, yes, yes, yes. That little perks up high right back in and amongst the azaleas and dogwoods. And here's another little nugget. Uh, there is a cardinal that lives up in there and he buzzes the tower all day long. So you're telling me those bird noises are real? <laughs> they are at my tower, brother. <laughs> and he is fast, and apparently they're very territorial. So he is, he is there all week. It's great. I like that because I'm from St. Louis, so I'm a big Cardinals guy. So I love hearing that. That's a yeah. great way to end it. Yeah, yeah it's a male. He's just, he is outstanding. Awesome. Well, make some putts on 13, right. and I look forward to hearing and seeing that picture of you wearing the tiger outfit <laughs> at your barbecue. You got it. It'll right. it'll be it'll be on Instagram if, <laughs> if that happens. You got it. All right. Take care, Dottie. All right. Thanks a okay. lot. Bye. <laughs> Bye.